welcome back to Mono Rants the Boys. It's been a while, but as promised, we're back to rant all things diabolical. I'm one of your hosts and jack of all trades, Mono, and dropping in on our way to kill her parents is my co-host and master of none, Kira. Kill them all! <laughs> all? Surely Most there's them. two oh. of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's only been about, what, seven, eight weeks since we last jumped into the boys' universe with the 7 on 7 podcast, but uh, yeah, it feels good to be back talking yeah. to the boys. Feels a lot longer for some reason. Uh, yeah, well, no, it's literally, I think... I think it's just January, February. Yeah. February always feels like five years. <laughs> yeah, January and February are always long. And, you know, COVID as well. It makes everything just drag on. So, yeah, yeah it feels like a lot longer. But we are back to talk Diabolical. And, yeah... Well, actually, considering this... When was this announced? Uh, Diabolical was announced, I want to say, in and around New Year's. Yeah. Maybe the last few days of December. So, yeah... In the grand scheme of things, it was not long of a wait. <laughs> no, no, because the the announcement of well, like the diabolical trailer was only like a couple of days after we uploaded our uh, uploaded uploaded <laughs> and we uploaded it, did we? Uh, yeah, it was only a couple of days after we uploaded the seven on seven. Because yeah. remember, there was that whole thing about us constantly talking really... about stuff and then having that stuff announced, and then we had to upload the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, thankfully, not the case with this because Diabolical is out. It dropped all at once and they can't contradict anything that we say now. Yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're going to cover it in two parts. We're going to do episodes one to four of Diabolical today and then episodes four, five to eight of Diabolical next week. Yes. But overall impressions of it? Um, It was a bit mixed. It was a bit of a mixed bag. Obviously, you know, Animatrix... And the likes of the Green Lantern, Green Knights. Anthology, an animated uh, anthology series. Yeah, so yeah. it was very much in that spirit. So I find some of them, it's the same across the board. You're yeah, never Gotham gonna, Knights was like that as well. Yeah, you're never going to please all the people all the time. No, especially when you're doing such drastically different styles of animation and styles of story. But overall... And different writing styles as well. The writing style in particular is kind of what threw me. The ones that I didn't like out of this, it was... One of them, it was the animation style. It's just an animation style that I don't mm. like. But the other one that I didn't really like was the way it was written. I liked the story mm. and I liked the idea. I just thought that it was badly executed. Yeah, but before we jump into specifics, yeah, overall, I did. I really enjoyed it. There was a few that I didn't definitely didn't like. Yeah. And the ones that I did like, I really, really liked. Yeah, there's ones I'd go back and watch again. I just thought they were really, really well done and they were really fun. The the other ones, yeah, I could just skip them. Yeah. The yeah, but you're going to get that in anything. Yeah, and the nature of it is as well is because they're all self-contained. You don't have awesome. to sit through the ones that you don't like yeah. to watch the ones that you do. So, shall we launch into the first one then? Yes. That being Laser Baby's Day Out from writers Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, executive producers and creators of the show. Well, the main show, The Boys, yeah. and this as well. And directed by Crystal Chesney and Derek Lee Thompson, who I just looked up and they are both kind of Futurama, Simpsons and Disenchantment yes. um, alumni. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that's the only background that I'm going to give you on any of the other writers or directors because there's there's four episodes we're trying to cram in here and they all have at least two writers or two directors yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm not, I'll give you their names and you can look them up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you, you hit the nail on the head just it's before we started recording. It's an homage to Fred Quimby. No, about Laser Baby's Day Out just being the best intro episode. Yes. Uh, to let you know, this is what you're in for, guys. <laughs> and it is a, it is a beautiful homage to old cartoons particularly the, the Fred Quimby era of Tom and Jerry Tom and Jerry and, and Warner Bros and Looney Tunes those oh silly symphonies all the way <laughs> yeah and it's 
it's an excellent homage. It yeah. really is. It you can tell it was lovingly done. The fat horse in it <laughs> is such no, but like when I think back to like especially in the if you look at the silly symphonies the catch the rabbit bit where Bones yeah. is in the Valkyrie thing but the horses it's all that are fat. that really yeah. like well, fat with know, the little legs do you want to know the impression that the horse made on me what I have a list of characters for every episode and the list of characters I have for this episode are baby Simon big brain and fat horse <laughs> the fat horse was brilliant but it really that's the way that they used to be drawn and I love 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 the Fred Quimby Tom and Jerry cartoons I have them all on DVD yeah and what's really awesome is that our RT National Concert Orchestra actually do shows here live where they show the old cartoons and they play the score along with it could you imagine them doing that to this yeah I would love it I I, I take my money yeah if take anybody my if, money. if anybody from Amazon Prime is listening give us Laser Babies Day Out um, with, on a big screen with a live orchestra please uh, please yeah that'd because be awesome. I've seen Aliens done with a live orchestra we're going to see Blade Runner with a live orchestra and it's amazing and anything that has an orchestral like score behind it there's no dialogue in this it's all done through mm. the music I love that. Um, yeah, this, the the animation style is everything from my childhood. It wasn't it wasn't the the funniest of them by any means. No. And not that it was unfunny, but I was saying when we were watching it that it's basically got one gag, which yes. is here's the cartoons you remember, but with hyper violence. Yeah, and it's a good gag, but it's basically that one gag. But in the couple of watches that we've done of it, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't bother me that it's one guy because it is such a, it is a loving homage to those cartoons and they have paid really close attention. I love the little bits of like crackle that you see on screen as if it was from an old celluloid film. Yeah. You get the little like blur marks on occasion, the lines. Yeah. Um, It's also very much a tribute to the movie Baby's Day Out. It follows the plot of that. Yeah. The 93 or 94 um, family film Baby's Day Out. That's basically this but minus the lasers and add in some mob guys. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's mob guys involved. He's a rich baby I think. Well his parents (laughs) are rich and he gets kidnapped and then escapes and yeah, yeah but he goes to a zoo and he goes to a building and that whole and scene with the girder that's yeah. in it as well and then obviously for me you've got in Animaniacs you, the dog there was like this poor like it, she's like um, oh well the, the uh, 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 silent protagonist whether human or animal that has to take care of a baby that keeps escaping yeah, not, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a, a well done trope in old yeah. cartoons but I always remember it from Animaniacs and yeah. then Animaniacs obviously being in the same animation style yeah there's homages and references plenty in this and you could you could probably we could do a whole episode just on that if we yeah. were to, to go into that no loved it um, it was a really fun intro to the anthology series there was a couple of nice tie-ins as well to the main show with posters, the posters and, stuff. and stuff there was a jitterbean coffee uh, advertisement on top of one of the buildings can I just point out the three-eyed baby was like adorable and there's another little baby with like gills or all like the, little fish baby all, all the super babies were really damn cute but I also have like serious ethical questions about that because some of the implications in that were freaking dark oh yeah like this six month old baby can't master its super laser powers let's after 20 it. days of trial yeah let's kill it I was like damn but, it's dark but it's but look, but it's so cute and sweet and innocent and like the baby's having a great day out and heads are popping left right and centre um, and yeah you just kind of forget what's, that they're being hunted down and then also how they laser their way down to the ground is just 
hilarious. Oh, the like laser flight. Yes. At the end is yes. great, and the, the the finger guns. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was great fun. And there was one little bit actually just just before the fat horse appears, <laughs> when Laser Baby pops all the heads of the SWAT team. Yeah. And a guy and comes in and a no a guy comes oh yeah sorry uh, as each of their heads pop there's a balloon popping sound. yeah but there's balloons behind it as mm. well mixed in but no a guy, guy comes in on a skateboard <laughs> and splits himself but doesn't even realise and just keeps looking at his phone and then fat horse appears fat horse and then he just punts the officer yeah, off he just knocks it. the officer off and steals the horse and the horse notices the massacre before the officer does as yeah. well but no, it was definitely, yeah, the first episode, definitely fun. Brilliant intro. Yeah, you're It you're wouldn't have on. worked anywhere else in it. No, it wouldn't have worked anywhere else so in it. Because it's so cutesy and light and, and fun and, hey, kids, look at this. You know, yeah, like, it just... The juxtaposition then. Yeah, it's load. a bit jarring. But that's, uh, that is very much the tone of the show in in the form of a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yes. So, they, yeah. They, they did. They balanced it really well. Yeah, that episode's balanced really well and... And as much as it wouldn't have worked anywhere else, placement-wise, anywhere else in the show, no other episode would have worked as a good opener. No. So, yeah, no, that was the perfect place to put Laser Rabies Day out. And, yeah, no, I definitely enjoyed that one. That was a good start. Yeah. Oh, and the, the, the deep piranhas need love, too. <gasps> that poor horse getting eaten by the piranhas. I forgot the horse gets eaten by piranhas. Yeah, he rides it, like, the whole way out of the pill. Yeah. And it's falling apart. Yeah, yeah. And again, that very typical cartoon gag, but yeah. just taken to its obvious yet gruesome conclusion. <laughs> I really wanted the horse to survive. I also like the yeah, bit we where the baby to. went flinging past the lion's mouth while the lion's yawning and it just like skims the tongue. Mm. And the lion kind of goes... <laughs> what did I just miss? The guy who gets his arms chopped off in the gorilla enclosure and then his gun flames himself. Yes. And again, totally like a cartoon, but you would expect all there to be left after the flames go away is just the two eyes. Yeah. But no, you see like the whole skeleton and the two eyes. Yeah, the pile of ash with the two eyes making the blink noises. Yeah. The pink, pink. But they just extend it out and make yes. it that little bit more gruesome. No, it was really fun. Yeah. The first episode was really fun. But to follow it on then, we had an animated short where pissed off soups kill their parents. Which was probably I... equally gruesome, but they went for they definitely went for a more like gag heavy script. Yeah, this was from the guys, or at least one of one the of, guys. So yeah, from the writer, the writers for this one were Justin. I'm not sure if it's Royland or Roland. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, but that's me. I never. I'm sure how to pronounce <laughs> these things. Yeah, so writer Justin Roland and Ben Bayuth and director Parker Simmons. So yeah, you've got half of the the Rick and Morty team and the guy who yeah. made Solar Opposites. Yeah. Now I I enjoy Solar Opposites. I'm not a fan of Rick and Morty. No, we've tried. Uh, yeah, we've tried. We've, I, yeah, and I just I just don't like it. I don't like their writing style. And, and that some of what I dislike in their writing style transferred over to this. I thought this was a brilliant story. We've talked about what happens to reject soups or soups who yeah, are just like, like, like <clears throat> you're one who's the giant, one complete muscle, the big tongue. Like she needs specialist care. Yeah, we talked about it in the Vought Seven on Seven podcast, and we talked about it. I think when we were talking about Gecko, but yeah, yeah. We talked about what happens to soups with shit powers. Yeah, so and it was, it was lovely like, to see it addressed. Yeah, I loved the narrator. I thought the narrator was brilliant. I loved the ghost girl. I really, really fell for her. That like yeah. that's shit. Like she can't. She's hungry, but she can't so, eat. Like that's fucking inhumane but I felt like all the other ones were just idiot boys sitting around a table talking like just throwing out silly ideas because yeah, you've got the guy with the boobs on his well, face 
Well, in, in more or less in order of introduction, you've got Moslo, who's the opposite of a speedster. Yeah. So, yeah, shitty power. Yeah. Boombox, who was hilarious. He was hilarious, but <laughs> I was the like... Con- the concept yeah. was hilarious. They didn't do much of them beyond using for a montage. Yeah, but I was also like, how? Fang, meh. Well, she's just a really fucked up Mylena. Kingdom was cool. The idea of somebody who yes. could transform into an animal, but in body and a mind. Mom, yeah. That was a good gag. That was, but they didn't, like, it. they didn't really do anything with it because... Later on, it looks like he's in control of the animals. Well, no, he turns into he turns into a snake and then just slithers off. They're like, constrict this guy. <laughs> he turns into a snake and just slithers away. Yeah, good gag. But I mean, they had so many characters that they were never going to be able to get. Yeah, most, much and he of them was, in. that was actually a, that was a really really fun idea. Yeah, like I liked him. I liked that idea. Yeah. But it just wasn't executed properly. There was Aqua Agua, the the guy who's just a kiddie pool. It was just he turns into water and that's it. Yeah, there was Big, who was just big and ugly. Yeah, it was like there was the human tongue, which was again. Could she have, was the most useful one of the lot. The way she killed her parents was fucking brilliant. Yeah, but she was the like when she was the one who like restrained restrained them. people. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, her life must be just so disgusting because she's essentially one giant taste bud. Oh yeah, she tastes everything she touches. Ah! Yeah, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> no, no, stop. You stop right now. I know how obsessed you get with the specifics of no, superhero powers, and I do not want you parsing yeah. out how disgusting oh, her be, living is. She'd be so moist. <laughs> Picante balls. That okay? Picante balls is, is hilarious, but it's also the best example of idiot boys talking about stupid shit. I thought the next one was, which is ranch dressing cum squirter. Yeah. Who's best? But that that had gone over into Joss Eklund's spunky backpack territory for <laughs> that's me. That's a brass eye reference there. I don't think many will get. But that's that's where that one had gone for me. The thing about ranch dressing cum squirter is <laughs> just just trying to say that sentence normally. How do you find out? No, the thing about ranch dressing cum <laughs> no, squirter. No, is, no, 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 no. How did he find out? Somebody told him, or he tasted it himself. There you go. Yeah. Also, why is he there? That doesn't impact your everyday life. Yeah, yeah. Unless no. you're like, <laughs> unless you're in a sal- in a, somebody in a restaurant has a fucking salad dressing emergency. <laughs> like, who medically needs ranch dressing? Un- unless the sheer volume that he squirts is just too much for a normal household, and that's why they had to put him away. But it's in any case, dressing. his his best gag was actually in the teaser trailer because he's working in Vodaburger. <gasps> Ew. Yeah, and he's. <laughs> There's a bit in the trailer where it focuses on him behind the counter. And for no reason. Not for no reason, but he's he's just squirting some ranch dressing on it, but he makes a kind of cum face. And I was like, oh, is the implication there that... And yes, that's exactly what the implication was. But yeah, his oh, best gag wasn't even in this episode. The um, secret sauce is semen. <laughs> Animal semen. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so, so <laughs> that how did you remember that because it was just you know when you spot something in in a trailer or in a show and, and you're just like huh stupid. why did they focus on that that has to be a thing it was like i don't remember if i said it during the record but the buster beaver pizza place ad in the vod seven on seven yeah compared to all the rest of the ads was so random because all the rest of them were tied into vod yeah, and i was like why wasn't... is that one not tied into vod unless it's going to be something to do with season three and lo and behold a couple of weeks later kripke said buster beaver something's going to happen in season three that's important in Buster Beavers yeah so yeah that just when I saw that guy in the the diabolical ad behind the counter looking like he's got a cum face on when he was squirting ranch dressing I was like what's going on there <laughs> and I got my answer I'm just amazed you remembered oh I know you know me in detail I'm yeah. terrible for picking yeah. up small details uh, small details big details details in general <laughs> 
But yeah, back to the character list, which has taken quite a while. Then you had Boobface, self-explanatory. Flashback, self-explanatory. Flashback was kind of fun. Uh, Flashback's best gag was when they go to Boobface's mom's house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's They're all They're like, sweet. the bitch must die. Yeah, and she's, she's like knitting puppies yeah, together. And Flashback shows yeah. us some really horrible shit. And then you had Papers, who just was shit. And Ghost. Yeah. Who was yeah. just heartbreaking. Yeah, no, it was, um, I liked, I liked the story. I did like, I liked the idea behind it. I just felt that it was executed poorly. Yeah, because you had like, you had the tie-in, this isn't one of the canon episodes, but you did have a tie-in to the show with the, that the whole thing that sparks off their is, crusade. Is the V reveal. Is the reveal, the, yeah, the V reveal that their parents did it to them. But yeah, other than that, there was, uh, there wasn't a, a huge amount of gags that I really pissed myself laughing at. I liked Narrator. Yes. When he's narrating the bit about when the nurse is wheeling him away <laughs> I loved Kingdom's Shack yes. uh, transformation when he killed that his was just parents hilarious, flopping around the bedroom <laughs> that was hilarious but yeah other than that yeah a lot of the gags didn't land for me in this one again I think it's just uh, we're not fans of that writing style yeah and the gags that did land were visual gags yeah. rather than written gags so it wasn't I think if it, because it was very much in the Rick and Morty style it was but never going to kind of really do it for us. Bonus points for Eugene Merman. Oh, yeah. Because I'm always happy to hear Gene. And, and Christian Slater. Yeah, uh, yeah, extra bonus points for Christian yeah. Slater. Yeah, Christian Slater and Eugene Merman. But the thing is, for me, is I'm so used to Eugene Merman being Gene that it. I was like, why Why is Gene playing dress up? What has he done now? <laughs> And obviously we get our we get a little Homelander pop in yeah. at the end of the episode where he slaughters them all. I was watching that going, she's a ghost. What is he doing? I know he's there to like try and kill everybody. Also slow-mo stabbing the dad through the cheek. Yeah, that was pretty fucking dark. Yeah. That was pretty fucking dark. That was funny. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was funny. <laughs> like dark is funny. Yeah. And that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> but overall I just yeah, I felt like they could have done something else with it. Either had fewer characters or just Yeah, if they'd cut like out a couple a complete, of the characters. A complete rampage through the city would have been hilarious. Yeah, I mean like you could have cut out yeah, literally half of the characters that go on the rampage and still made it yeah very funny um, like because I felt I really just felt like well Boobface kind of was funny in the end just with the story of the parents yeah but that could have been done with another character that could easily have been done yeah the same with oh it was oh, like Fang and Big yeah and no, a lot of them could have been cut today I would, uh, more Kingdom more Ghost definitely yeah more narrator because like, I want to know when I'm, narrator started narrating <laughs> I yeah. want just a whole one of him of like the, uh, this is my life well this was my life kind of thing and if it's a superpower can he can he tune into other people's stories well yeah that's it like can, can he can he narrate things that he can't actually see and is that why it's a superpower or is he just an asshole who literally talks out loud about everything that's happening around him because that's not a superpower that's a compulsion yeah or an asshole yeah <laughs> yeah I want more of narrator please but again that's Christian Slater and yeah. the narrator's ending was quite good yeah <laughs> scooping off his father's face and looking in the mirror putting it on his own that was great <laughs> I was like, damn. But yeah, no, again, a couple of good gags. Yeah. Um, wouldn't not, be my favourite. It was kind of, it was a bit meh. Yeah, it wouldn't be my favourite, but wouldn't be my least favourite either. No. But from my neither least favourite to my, no, oh, hang on, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> from a meh kind of episode to I think what's my absolute favourite episode of Diabolical in I'm Your Pusher. Oh, yeah. That is just, ah, uh, I, I loved it. It's, it's, a straight, it's a straight story out of the comic books. It, yeah, it's so, an aside done yeah. in the same animation style the comics are drawn in. Mm. It's everything. Yeah, um, so this it's one, Frenchie being an insane lunatic. Doesn't we, make an appearance. We but, get comic book Huey. Yeah. Butcher 
Hold on, if, uh, on your gushing for a second, because okay. the reason that I think that this episode is so brilliant is because it was written by Gareth Ennis yeah. and directed by Giancarlo Volpe. I hope I pronounced that right, because he did a fantastic job on this episode, and I think he also directed my other favourite episode of the series. Continue gushing. Okay. <laughs> Jason Isaacs is butcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're all right there. Do you need a minute alone with the thought of Jason Isaacs? <laughs> I'm just doing gushing of my own, sorry. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've got... Co- comics accurate, Huey. Yeah. With Simon Pegg. Yes. Although, the accent was a bit dodgy, or yeah. was that just me? No, well, he's also that bit older now. I didn't mind that he sounded older. Okay, yeah, Huey should, like, sounded younger in my head when I was reading the comics. Yeah. But I just Simon Pegg can do a better Scottish accent. Than yeah, that. I know that. And I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. there. <clears throat> um, Great White Wonder was hilarious. Your man, who's the actual drug pusher. Yeah. The mon- the montage of soups doing drugs and like it's really funny because it all sounds like normal drugs that they're into, but they're all cut and like they're really all tweaked in certain fucked ways. up way. Yeah, this this had fucking everything. It had it this had- was like yeah, this was all like really close to the hero in the comics when they go there's also the the bit in the comics where they go to the nightclub and they're doing all the weird fucked up shit as well the only thing that they're missing is cutting the drugs with V do you know what this was for me you know when you go see a band you love yeah and they haven't released anything in years and they play something and then they they release a new album and it's actually really fucking banging and then you go to see them and they play a mix of the old hits and the new hits and they play it just right so that it's perfect that's what this is in animated form it has everything that I love from the comics it has just enough new elements new characters and it's just I fucking loved it this is everything I want to happen when we go to see Tool in May (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's exactly what what you described there of the mix of old and new and hits and and just doing things that makes your brain happy oh yeah like um, this this did that for me this just made my brain really really happy comics wise there's been no new boys content for years until Dear Becky came out and I read Dear Becky not too long ago and while I did enjoy it it didn't feel that that boy it didn't do the same thing to me that the boys comics I felt it was unnecessary I don't want to get too heavy into the comic itself, but uh, I, yeah, yeah. It, it, it it definitely it didn't it didn't do the same thing for me that reading the boys' comics did. It was it felt a bit ga- cash grabby, to be honest. Um, I don't I don't even, I don't even mind him revisiting it, and I can see why he did it, and I'm glad we have it. But it just it didn't do for me what reading the comics did. No, watching this ten minutes short did for me what reading the comics did. It was just ugh. The other thing that I really really liked about it is I love the little asides that you get in the comic book series. Like I, I'm still hoping I was hoping that one of these shorts would be Frenchie's story about the baguette. The baguette jousting. Jousting. <laughs> I really wanted that story to be in this. Yeah. But this did kind of the same thing for me it gave like a, just a kind of a day in the life glimpse of what they've been doing in the background yeah and you get the dirty little stories from Butcher yeah. about what uh, the various soups are getting up to when he's blackmailing OD yeah. he tells, talks about ironclad and the, the, the drinking kids blood yeah and what the various people in the seven like which was a nice touch yeah we got kind of comic book accurate Maeve who's a bit of a train wreck yeah and I was delighted that Dominique McGilligan got to do a comics accurate Maeve yeah <laughs> I just that whole cop out at the end where it's like oh, look yeah. to look in look the to sha- no it's look in the shadow of the sun so <laughs> no hidden in the light of the sun oh it's a crawl war satellite. <laughs> yeah, I think I see it. <laughs> that was yeah, quick thinking wonder tits. <laughs> Isn't that 
they're not yeah. quiet wonder tits is what Homelander yeah. says because they're flying off but yeah that that's what I'm talking about we got a couple of new characters but then we got to see comics accurate Maeve and like a comics accurate Homelander yeah because comics accurate Jack from Jupiter yeah comics Homelander would totally do coke cut with human adrenaline mm. and I like I do like how Anthony Starr I feel he did try and put a different voice a different spin on yeah. it for the two times he this animated this was like him. an older harder this is very similar to like season one Homelander that was like extremely arrogant but when he's when he's giving his speech at the start introducing the Great White Wonder and yeah. inducting him to the Hall of Fame it's it's almost like a speech Superman would have given in the animated JLA yeah it's very polished it's yeah. very like he, the persona is there and then you've got the um, the bitterness then underneath it when he's talking to the other two yeah and no, but I just, there was just, for me, there was just enough different from the show Homelander. Yeah. He actually, every, he every Homelander that he voiced in this is slightly, slightly different, different yeah. and suits either the time period of the character. Or, or what they were trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I like that he didn't just walk in and go, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to use my voice. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did, did try it. it. And especially considering the company that he was among with the likes of John DiMaggio and, uh, the, well, everybody on it. Like, yeah. you know me and I, my love for John DiMaggio. <laughs> yeah. But also, yeah, Jason Isaacs as Butcher was fantastic. I liked Butcher. I think I know a lot of people were quite annoyed by it just because it wasn't wasn't Carl Urban. No. I I like Butcher. It just, yeah, it does something for me. And because Carl Urban's Butcher is his own entity. Yeah. Especially now after two seasons and he is separate from the comics. It was nice to give it to somebody else if we're going to get a, a comics butcher. Yeah, because he is supposed to be kind of. He's, where is he from? The East End. Uh, I don't know that we ever get exactly where he's from, uh, but he is full on Cockney. Yeah, and you get that with which Jason would be Isaacs. East End. East End. Mm. No, so it's nice to get the the accent back and not the crazy Hawaiian shirts. Although they dropped that after the first season, and I did yeah. enjoy that. Yeah, there's a couple of great lines. Also, terror. It? And terror. Yeah. Well, we get a little bit of terror at the start of every episode. Yeah, but this one actually has terror in, in, the, in the way that terror is used in the comic books with him looking out the peephole and terror sitting there. Yeah. You're always going to open, you're going to go, there's a dog, you're going to open the door because yeah. there's a puppy just sitting there looking at you. Yeah, and terror is always present when Butcher, anytime yeah. Butcher is there, unless, yeah, ter- unless he thinks terror is going to be in danger. And what he considers danger for terror is like... <laughs> yeah, terror gets... Immediate threat of death for everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> terror goes everywhere. <laughs> Good news, everyone. Terror is going to safety. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, I love the line when he's threatening OD about, you know, that he'll call the DEA and he'll get him sent to prison where huge, horrible men will use you as a condom to make huge, horrible love. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant threat. <laughs> and again... Something that you would have gotten straight out of the comics. It's a brilliant line. It's a horrific image. Yeah, uh, but that's what makes it so good. And so Billy Butcher. I just, yeah, I I can't (laughs) praise this episode enough. There's so many funny lines in it as well. Even though it's not a particularly funny episode, there are so many funny bits. I mean, he says Jinx. Yeah, we get Jinx. When Great White Wonder is taking his heroin enema <laughs> and slaps the bag. <laughs> uh, oh, and the addition, yeah, of, of Homelander taking his coke with 
Cut with human adrenaline was a nice little touch. There was just, yeah, there were so many nice little touches in this. I just like the whole, from the moment Great White Wonder arrives, and you can see that there's something very, very wrong with him. Yeah, Homelander can sense and you're the just, heartbeat. And you're just, and he's sweating, and you're just waiting. I was there going, is he going to just explode? Like, what the fuck has Frenchie done to him? Because we know that <laughs> Frenchie is inventive. <laughs> yep. And it, you're, it's just that anticipation of, of what's, what's going to happen. And you can tell as well, it's building in the, the three of the seven characters. Watching. Three from the seven watching, because Maeve's talking about how, what speed he's going. Yeah. And you can tell they're getting a little bit nervous. Like, why? We, yeah, we know he can go fast, but why is he going this fast? Yeah, they know but there's something there's that wrong. line of, do we step in or do we wait and see what happens? And when we see what happens, it's fucking yeah, fantastic. But it is, it's that anticipation of what's gonna happen is he gonna mm. explode like is it gonna be gross like yeah. how what, like is he just what and again that there are moments like that in the comic where things are just building and, and you're like oh shit this is this is heading to a, a ridiculous crescendo but I don't know which way it's yeah. gonna go and yeah he, he he explodes through Ironclad who's supposed to be basically a colossus so he's going so fast he goes through armor iron well he yeah. Uh, well yeah in, the, in this case the he doesn't survive unst- it because he's like well mangled <laughs> yeah, after that in this case the unstoppable force smashes through the immovable object yeah so the immovable object wasn't moved no just had a hole punch clean through it <laughs> yep but they both kind of deserved it because one drank kids blood and the other took two girls up into space to fuck them and then left them there yeah that's that's what I know, but I was just also thinking about the logistics of it there, and I was just like, corpsicle? Yeah, basically, they're corpsicles. Well, Butcher says that. He says, you know, they had no way to get them there. Yeah, man, soups. And especially the the soups in the Garth Ennis, the ones that he does that to in the comic book series. Oh, they're always the particularly Truly depraved pray, ones. Yeah. And that's what we got in this. Yeah. We hear, we hear a couple of stories about the one, what, like what the other ones, soups get up the to. The ones that are really fucked up are really fucked up. Yeah, because <laughs> not only does Ironclad drink kids' blood... But They're the reason, abused kids because it tastes better. Uh, yeah, and the reason he drinks it is because it's the only thing that gives him an erection anymore. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, this guy deserves yeah. it. Anything else about this episode that we haven't gushed over yet? No. It's definitely the, the boysiest it's my, boys it's that ever boyed. It's also one of my preferred animation styles. Yeah. Um, it's it's a style that I, I very much enjoy, so that assisted <laughs> Yeah, no, the my animation enjoyment style. of it. Yeah. And it was it was like the comics, it was very reminiscent of Derek Robertson's style. Yeah. No, but that because I because it, that's a style that I enjoy and I'm familiar with, I'm almost able to enjoy it more because I'm not getting distracted by things being looking weird. Yeah, yeah, I got I you know, I know what you mean. Like in the in some of the other episodes, it's an animation style that we really wouldn't watch. So yeah, it can it be, can be really really distracting. Yeah, you can't focus on actually what's happening because you're focused on the animation itself. And, and like, why did they do it that way? Yeah, um, trying to work out what's going on. Yeah, but again, it was beautiful animation. I'm not, we're not. I'm not trying to say it was it's, simple I, or anything. No, like that. it's just it's just a style that I'm I'm very familiar with and, and enjoy consuming content in. Yeah, yeah, no. So that I think yeah, eleven out of ten. It, it was the boysiest episode. Yeah, it was the boysiest. in terms of comic book boys. It was the boysiest episode. The boysiest boys that ever boyed for me. I, I, if it had been the Frenchie baguette duel, I I'd do a whole episode talking about it because I love that fucking story. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah. hopefully, when they do another lot, they might throw it in. Oh, yeah, if we get more Diabolical, I'd be delighted. <laughs> I'm I, want, I, want, I want seasons and seasons of this. Give me an entire animated yeah, series. Yeah, because you can do, like, you have a mine of material there. Yeah, and I mean, you, you don't even have to, like, this one is obviously set before the endings of the comics because the ending of the comics is very definitive. Yeah. But if you're to do a full animated series, you don't necessarily have to do that. Just, just whatever was, whoever was involved in this, just make them yeah. do a full fucking series. Everybody, just get them on it now. <laughs> but for the last episode of the day, we have Boyd in 3D from writers Elliot and Alana Glazer and director... Oh, God. Oh, I'm really sorry. Uh, the director of this episode was Naz Gadrati Azadi. And I'm really sorry because I know I mispronounced that because there's no way I could possibly have pronounced that right on the first try. No. <laughs> but yeah, this is, is the, the V face cream episode. I wasn't overly fond of this one. I like the idea of it, and I like yeah. that it um, it's very reminiscent to me of the tax rebate episode of Futurama. <laughs> the face cream. <laughs> when the professor yeah. buys the, the $300 worth of stem cells and then slathers them on his face. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a bit like that. It had, for me, it had like a really weird social media take on Project Blind Boy, the Clive Barker short story. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It um, I just had like a really kind of weird overtone of that over it. There were there were bits in it that I definitely did like. There were there was a couple of nice Easter eggs and stuff like that. The the translucent filter. Oh my god, the translucent was brilliant. filter was everything. Uh, yeah, that cracked me up quite a bit actually. I I, I like that one. Uh, I like the idea of yeah of other applications for for V products yeah. as, as opposed to just straight superpowers. But overall, I just felt like they were, they felt like the, the writer or the director or, or whoever felt like they were trying to say something super deep about social media and how negative it is, but really nothing was that deep about it at all to me. No, like, well, that's... That was the vibe I got. First watch through, it was like, oh my God, social media has destroyed their lives, yada, yada, yada. But when on the second watch through, you realize that everything they've been doing, all of their interactions start with, he's like kind of, he's like basically insta-stalking her. Yeah. Like to the point where he retains her mail until he's attractive to approach her. Uh, yeah, or until he's got <laughs> initially confidence, but then yeah, when he's attractive. Yeah, where what he perceives to be attractive enough to approach her. Yeah. Like she's already insecure as well about herself. Um, using heavy filters and things like that mm. and finds the stuff that validates what she thinks is her self-worth like so the whole thing is set up to fail from the start yeah so yeah. when you realise that they've both it, it's a relationship built on lies and mistrust and, and weird social media stalking it, yeah oh yeah never it's never going to get there <laughs> by, by no means and they invite the attention in themselves too. oh yeah 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 so um, it's their own fault yeah I'm not trying to blame social media I just feel like I just get the vibe off things sometimes that, that they think they're a lot deeper than they actually are. Yeah. And that's a bit of a vibe I got off this. But there were still, as I say, there were some still things in it that I, I did really find enjoyable. That you, Why was she a cat? Yeah, well, for, for reasons <laughs> in real life. Um, but uh, there was one thing that I know you had a big problem with. What? Well, one of the things that I liked was the fact that we got Ashley. Oh, what? Who the fuck dressed her? There it is. Who put her in who, a brain? Well, who animated her in? <laughs> in a plain drab brown suit with a fucking barrette in her hair. 
this is one of the non-canon episodes and it's supposed to be like multiverse or whatever so maybe in that universe Ashley doesn't have any fashion sense but the office was still exactly the same <laughs> yeah I noticed that actually the office was animated the same and in one of the later episodes the Devot Tower is animated almost exactly as it is in the show yeah well even in Baby's Day Out the tower still has the seven on it because it's done like a Powerpuff Girls background yeah is that like matte painting background? Yeah, there there is a few. Sorry, there's a few times that the building shows up and it's often animated in in the style yeah. of the episode. I don't know how I feel about the ending, the kind of fake out ending of it. I I first time I watched it, I thought that was hilarious. Oh, it's it's done well. Like the his head exploding is hilarious. No, but no, just the initial cut to him. Oh, and the face being half melted and disgusting looking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then the head popping and your man taking the photo Yeah, of it. Going, how much V did you use? Maybe too much? Yeah. And then he just says nothing and just takes out his camera or takes out his that, phone. And that I actually enjoyed, but all this stuff in the middle I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. It was like it started strong and it ended strong and, and the bit in the middle was a bit meh. meh. Yeah. So for the first four episodes, we kind of, two we quite liked. Yeah. And two, we were a bit meh on. Yeah, like they weren't bad. They just no, no, they just for me. Yeah, by no means were were they terrible, and and I'd rather have them than not have them. Definitely, but the the highs in Diabolical are so fucking high for me and so good. Yeah, that it nearly makes probably makes these episodes seem worse by contrast, especially yeah. after anything that had to follow. I'm your pusher. Yeah, was never going to be That's as good as I'm your pusher episode. for me. No matter they what. are spaced quite well as well, I will say that, because I've yeah. watched other things, uh, Love and Robots, Love, Sex and Robots, or Love, Death and Robots. Yeah, and the, the, the best episodes are top-heavy in that, they're at the start, and it's yeah. all downhill from there then. Whereas then, when you look at things like The Animatrix, everybody remembers that one with the, the time bubble, mm. with the cement mixer going around, or whatever, and then the kids are playing yeah. in it. You don't remember anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's it is it's definitely spaced out nicely. When you take it as a whole, it, it's if you binge watch it, it's not completely jarring in terms of the switches between animation styles. Yeah. And equally, yeah, there is there's they switch between action oriented episodes, light hearted episodes, and funny episodes quite quite well. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, some are going to be better than other, especially when you're using so many different animation styles. Not everything is going to hit in the same way that it does for everybody. But overall, definitely enjoyed it. And, and I'm your pusher. Absolutely loved. Yes. Laser Baby's Day Out. Pretty much quite highly regarded as well. And the other two, meh. Had a few fun bits, yeah. but nothing amazing for me. Yeah, no. For me. Yeah. The majority of my problem with the second episode, the, the kids who want to kill their parents, is the fact that it's just written very much in a style I don't enjoy. Apart from that, like, and if you like that style, and if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, you'll probably love that episode. I'm, I'm just not. Yeah, and, and at I the end to... of the day, that that's kind of my meant... takeaway from it is always going to be coloured by the fact that I don't personally don't... enjoy that that writing style. And yeah. and I meant yeah, because I I wasn't too hot. Just as it, like yeah, I just didn't want to shit on it if because I know that for me it's a very very personal thing that I don't like. Yeah, and and for me it's that's kind of how I feel about Boyd in three D. I, I I just didn't really like yeah. how it was written, and I I recognised the names. Yeah. But if I I wouldn't be surprised if I looked up other things they did I, and went, oh, do you know what? That's not really my style either. The one thing I will say about Boyd in three D is I actually really enjoyed the animation style in it. Yes. It had a real I really like that actually. There was I was trying to find it. There was a short that was done by either Disney or Pixar about a French cyclist training for the Tour de France. That sounds vaguely familiar. And it was in that very similar style to that. And the likes of Madeline was in that very similar kind of pe- pencil and soft, like, 
pastel crayon mm. animation style and I really really enjoy that I just didn't find the story that engaging yeah no, but, yeah, but it was visually, the story for me that visually I really enjoyed it I thought it was really beautiful it was a really nice because it was such a soft muted palette used throughout it yeah it was a really nice juxtaposition to the likes of Baby's Day Out which was really like bright and bold and cartoony mm. and then the other two were done in their own kind of modern adult animation well, the, style and palette. An animated short where Pissed Off Soup Killed Their Parents was very much in the, the Rick, Rick and Morty animation style. Yeah. I'm Your Push, as we said, was more the style of the comics. And then this. And the palettes all go with that, whereas this was nice because it was softer. Mm. But yeah, for the first half, yeah, no, still really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, looking forward to reviewing the next half next week. Yes. And if you were unaware, in the meantime, in between season two and three of The Boys, we have been doing a few movie reviews of some of our favourite movies over on Mono Rants at the Movies. And uh, you can... Oh, don't, don't be mistaken, we do shit all over them. But it's done with love. Oh yeah, we love the movies, but we shit on them a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, but hey, look, if you like what we do, you can check that out too. And if you want to send us some rants of your own, you can follow us on Twitter at Rants Mono. You can follow us on Instagram now at monorants underscore the underscore boys, or you can send in your own rants to monorantspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week with Diabolical Part 2. Bye-bye. We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are monorants. We are one core level two podcast. This is sci-fi.